0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: They say it's the hardest game to win all season and there's nine and a quarter minutes of scoreless footy at the end last night. That will forever stand as testament to that. Collingwood by one point over the Giants to claim the first place in the grand final. We're sitting here in the sunshine in Brisbane looking out at the Gabba, which has been prepared for what's to come at quarter past five this afternoon. This is crunch time for the Berwick Motor Group, home of the, home of the GWM Cannon Range, and Azito powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings.
2: Jared Waitley with you. Luke Hodges is alongside me. Hello to you, Hodgie. Morning, Jared. Uh, I've told you many a time how much as a player I hated prelim finals because on one side of things, you win and it's, it's your focus on, but if you lose... And in a, in a heartbreaking loss as last night, you've got a whole week to look after it and then a whole six months of pre-season to think about it. But as a spectator, I absolutely love it because what we've seen over the last few prelims with Collingwood, Sydney last year and then what we saw last night... Tell you what, that was some entertaining games.
1: Have you ever seen a player quite so emotional as Toby Green in the aftermath last night?
2: No, that that was uh, that was tough to watch because uh, you know as a player how much you put into it, and especially a bloke who who's come so far. Not only as a player, but as a person, as a leader, um, and and the the emotion that he showed afterwards. He was the Channel Seven interview that he had. He was holding back tears. But then we crossed to him about three or four minutes later and he was with his uh, girlfriend and I think it was his mum and he was uncontrollable. The emotion that was just the outburst of where they'd come from, where they got to and just the heartbreaking loss, you really did feel for him and and his teammates.
1: And the other side of that was the run of Jordan Dugowie from the bench to the (laughs) middle as the joy was just all-encompassing. Dermot Brereton, it it was one hell of a spectacle in its own peculiar way. Extraordinary
3: game, wasn't it? It's just unbelievable to watch. I'll take you back, Jared, to your you interviewed Craig McCrae, about a a so-called wayward Jordan degoy, And he said, "I want him to come down the club. I want to put my arms around him. Remember that interview? And there was there was division within Collingwood people. Should we trade him out? Should we let him go? Unpalatable actions to some tolerated, tolerated by others. But he made his way through, they backed their man in. And the history books now show that in 2023, they've made a grand final, and without Jordan Degoe, they don't make that grand final. What a story that he's been able to propel them into that, and they've backed their man in. Well done.
1: Powerful and brutal oh, in the way that he played at the source.
3: He was he was ablet. He was a bit of
2: ablet, a bit of Judd. He he's was ablet every... on
3: ball. Yeah. I mean, Gary. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was it was. You looked at him every time he got the ball. He looked at the opposition. Looked at the GWS players. You know, You're not tackling me. The power, the burst, the speed that he had—he just took it to another level. And look, his start just got him off to, on the on the right foot. And That crowd was so loud early. But the, the thing, one of the
3: long suits of the Giants game, is they are beasts in the middle. He played them on a break. I mean, young Tom Green is huge. He's a big, big man. And you got Canilio. You got Ward. You. They threw Callahan in there as well. They've got big, big men who are clearance beasts. He doubled the next best on the ground for clearances. It was at his will. It was at his mercy. They were plus 18 for clearances.
2: So yeah, it's awesome. it was Dugowie, yeah. but they, they knew it was a big challenge in there because of GWS have been able to do whatever they've wanted throughout the midfield, across half-back and the forward line. They've had no real pressure, but it starts on ball. It starts with the guys in the middle setting the tone, saying, we're going to battle this right from that first bounce. And that's what he did, led by Pennebry, and the, and the other guys in there. It was, it was
3: really good to watch. So I, I, not that we, I, always you know what I'm like. I read the stats and they verify what I'm seeing. Um, five of the top six clearance players were Collingwood players. But GWS, they convincingly won the contest around the ground when the ball was in contest. So it was imperative that they had to win in the middle of the ground. And, and I think when we, unless something extraordinary, and I mean uber extraordinary happens next week, that's Jordan Degoe's greatest game.
1: Well, there were eight stoppages in the last two minutes as Collingwood killed the game and Goey was watching on from the bench, which is a peculiarity in its own right. There's a lot to play with out of last night. There's a lot to pull out. There's going to be some moments the Giants players will be haunted by right throughout the summer as they contemplate their next campaign. There's also a bit of incident and controversy out of all of it as well. Tom Morris rounds out our quartet today, on, fresh from winning the Elf Brown Trophy. Hello to you, Tom.
0: G'day, Jared. G'day, Hodgie and Derm. It's... uh. I want to start with the best prelim finals of the last 20 years, and I think last night was right up there, not in terms of scoring, but in terms of the pure entertainment and the engrossing nature of the game. It reminded me of, um, from a pure entertainment perspective, of the 2007 prelim, Collingwood Geelong, even GWS and the Dogs in, in 2016. You couldn't take your eyes off it, but there is a lot of news, Jared Brent Daniels, of course, we'll get to that whenever you want, and Dan McStay's injury too. He's had scans this morning.
1: OK, so Graham Wright's going to join us for that welfare check in a few moments' time. Let, let's start with the Brent Daniels issue and hear from Adam Kingsley in the aftermath. Yeah, I'm really disappointed to lose Brent Daniels for a HIA assessment that, that he, he passed comfortably in the last five minutes of the game, which hurt, hurt us uh, around the ball with a bit of leg speed, a bit of overlap run. So that that's extremely disappointing. When
3: I mean, You sound very disappointed that he... Um, went through the the protocols, I mean, with with concussion, the issue it is, I mean, they tend to wear on the uh, abundance of caution. Did Did you feel like it was necessary to go through those tests at the time? I haven't
1: seen the incident, but from what I'm led to believe, it didn't warrant having to take him off the field to assess it. So that felt very much directed at the medical staff in the arc and their insistence upon the Giants. They were a little bit clearer on the circumstances here, Tom. So step us through the incident and the timeline, if you would.
0: So this is how it played out chronologically. With 14 minutes to go in the last quarter, Nick Dacos tackled Brent Daniels to the ground in front of the bench on the member's wing. Daniels uh, played out the next eight minutes. He contributed to several bits of play. even helped set up Jesse Hogan's goal, which brought the margin back to... One point, in that time, the arc spotters, who are medical professionals uh, employed by the AFL, charged solely with spotting potential concussion incidents, asked the GWS bench to have a look at Daniel. Uh, to have a look at Daniels, given his head hit the ground in that tackle, and I say have a look at Daniels, as because it is entirely up to the doctors whether they choose to take that on board or not. Now, on this occasion, the doctors did. Uh, take that on board the gws doctor the runner went out to daniels told him to come off the ground which he did with six minutes remaining and then the gws doctor had a choice in that moment to quickly assess him and send him back on or to deliver a scat test and the doctor chose the latter meaning daniels was out for a mandatory 15 minutes even though he did pass that and given there was six minutes left he was out for the game um, initially gws as you heard with adam kingsley just then felt dudded they felt as if the AFL had told them what to do. But the AFL doesn't order the doctor what to do. The AFL has no overriding power over the doctor what to do on the bench. It's up to the GWS doctor, or any club doctor, how to um, act in any given situation. And in the cold light of day, I think it's pretty clear. And pretty, and um, I think now GWS concede that this was a combination of the ARC officials, Asking them to have a look, but also their own doctors making a judgment call and clearly a conservative one, but one that's based on um, their medical profession.
2: Tommy, can you uh, confirm or not? Did last week with the, the Weedering and Cripps mm. incidents, did they uh, get asked by the ARC management to go and speak to their players and assess them? Because Weedering looked like he was out, and if you get elbowed and a broken nose, um, that, that's surely. The question has to be asked.
0: The the official line from the AFL is we looked at that incident or those incidents with Jacob Wietering and they were given the all clear. So based on that, the Carlton doctors weren't uh, told to have a look at those players.
1: So I feel like I can add to that. So Cripps came off the ground to get his nose attended to. So that gives a moment for the HIA to happen. Yep. Yep. The, the more curious one was Weedering, who we saw vision on your broadcast of the doctor looking at the Weedering vision and then choosing not to. So in when this first came up from Kingsley, this felt like a reaction to Weedering not being assessed last week and then sort of further pressure this week to actually be thorough. But that's not the case, Tom.
0: Not the case. And I think Adam Kingsley in the moment thought one thing, but now they've walked that back internally. I don't think there's going to be any sort of complaint or um, any official word from the Giants to the AFL to to remonstrate. I think that it's understood that there is no overriding power from these ARC medical professionals to tell the doctors what to do with a SCAT test or an HIA. That's up to the doctors on the bench. The ARC professionals are simply there to um, oversee things if the doctors on the bench miss any potential concussion incidents.
3: So, Tommy, the vernacular used, we would advise – what was it? We would advise you to take a look at yep. player. Has Does that carry or uh, does it force you to act in a certain degree or is that totally on the club to determine how deep, whether it's one of those two style tests? Is that on the club? That's on the or club. Or anybody, has anybody disobeyed in, in that regard, say, if we, we – we would recommend you view the player, and they go, yeah, we've, we've looked at it on screen, but there's no need to assess him yeah. off the ground. Put it this way, if the Giants decided to leave Brent
0: Daniels on the ground, the AFL would have had nothing to say. So it's entirely up to the club.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's the weedering incident from last week.
2: Tell me, have these uh, ARC professionals been for every game this year? So uh, for the, for this where Could the Port Adelaide incident we had where the doctors got fined Could they have stepped in and said something there?
0: They've been boosted since the Aliyah Aliyah incident, Um, and they're clearly more, um, I guess, more cognizant of the situation since that. But I do believe there's been an ARC official in the ARC every game with a medical background that's there to be a spotter. That's what they call themselves, they're spotters. Um, So, yes, they have been there.
1: It shows how high stakes it is because if there was one player, as we, we're sitting here at the Gabba, that's where Shorty Daniels won that final for them, a semi-final in the in the dying minutes of a game like that. So it it does illustrate Tom just how high the stakes are on those calls in real time and and um, and the long-term welfare versus the the right the need right now.
0: Yeah, it, it's so intense in that moment. The six minutes left in the game and there's no wriggle room. As soon as they decide to do a scat test. Brent Daniels is out for the match. And the other element here, and you were watching the game last night as everyone else was, Brent Daniels was over the other side of the field. So if the AFL asked the Giants doctor to get him off, it might have taken four five, six minutes to get him off because he's on the wing on the Shane Warne side, which would have um, clearly impacted his ability to come back on as well. Um the other element here is Nick Dacos, just quickly. There's been some talk around some MRO trouble. He'll be fine because Scott Pendlebury had his right had had the right arm of Brent Daniels, so I can't imagine Nick Dacos is going to have any charge to face. But that was looked at by the MRO. Yeah,
1: so just describe that tackle to us.
0: So it's a tackle that begins with Brent Daniels and Scott Pendlebury joins it. And because Brent Daniels sorry, it because um, Brent Daniels is tackled into the ground by Nick Dacos holding one arm then Nick Dacos is entitled to think that the other arm is free, but Scott Penderbury is holding the other arm. So there's no legislation against two players having a dangerous tackle on one player. Does that make sense? Sorry, Hodgie, go on.
2: Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, because a lot of the force came from Penderbury pulling the arm down. So. Um, Dacos was actually cautiously on the side, but because of Dacos pulled the arm down, the momentum rolled to the right, which Dacos fell into his back. So yeah. uh, Dacos should not have anything to answer at with that.
3: Tommy, now that you're on free kicks, any mentioning by any officials about the free kicks or the lack thereof—that <laughs> uh, was that—that that turned into as good a free for all as I've seen. I reckon they left a lot out there, and I'm happy for games to actually be run and contested more eagerly and physically. But when you probably could say there's somewhere right? between ten and twenty free kicks to both teams, no, sorry, between the two teams left out on the ground, it it seemed different to the way the game's been played for the first twenty six weeks.
2: That was very politely put, Derm. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking different words, Derm.
3: I did ask that question
0: this morning, and privately, the AFL does concede that the game was let go, especially towards the end, but. Um, that, I don't think they believed there was any howlers that, that
2: were missed. They, were they watching the oh, same I'm game so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I agree so, with them. I'm, I'm not, sure, we they're hand, ta- I'm not should, sure they're going to ta- Should we handwrite our list or should we type <laughs> it up? If, 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 if that's well, that'll goal.
3: take up the show if we handwrite our list.
2: It'll be interesting, interesting to see how many of those umpires get a job next week. Because if you go through a lot of those free kicks that were missed... You're sending
3: them up ta- the country.
2: They, wouldn't be, they will not be at the MCG. And I'm not being harsh on them. This yeah. is a prelim final where we put in an extra umpire so they don't miss anything. And we've got umpires that overrule from 70 metres away three weeks ago. But then it comes to a prelim when a one-point loss causes a, a win or a loss in a season's finish for a team. And the umpires put the whistle away. It was... A lot of those decisions were pathetic. <laughs>
1: it's going to be hard not to... But you, it's you, going to be hard to maintain they you, don't put the whistle away. Well, you, look at, you look at the emotion finals. at Toby
2: Green last night and you sit back, oh, the umpires, they did not do a good job last night. Mm. They set and they let too many go away. We put in four umpires to stop certain free kicks. The tiggy touch was so like, they had no more. problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Toby Green almost got his head knocked off just before three-quarter time. That, that last quarter
3: kick. looked a little bit like no man's land between the Turks and the Diggers.
1: Oh. It was just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> It was no holds barred, that's for sure. Uh, So Graham Wright's going to join us in about 25 minutes' time. What what do we know this morning so far about Daniel McStay? We
0: know that last night he was told that it's a suspected MCL. Now, my understanding of the MCL is that Max Gorn got back about as quick as he possibly can with that knee injury earlier in the year, which was three weeks. He arrived at scans on crutches, and we expect an announcement from Collingwood over the next couple of hours on the results of those scans, but it's not looking good, and Craig McRae said as much in the press conference.
2: The way McStay plays as well, he's a, an agile key forward. So the way he gets his space, leans up, changes direction. You can't do that with a with a medial. That's where it's going. to There's no chance of him playing this weekend by how much he needs his direction and change direction to to be effective in that forward line. Yeah, he gets pushed on a fair bit. So you, you... yeah, <laughs> you feel <laughs> for him because he was he was good last night. Contested marks, kicked a couple of important goals. Mm. Yeah. All right, so the Pies might know by the
1: time Graham Wright joins us. Yeah. We're going to delve deep into the game itself. 8, 10, 58 to the Giants. 8, 9, 57. Collingwood's two winning scores in this final series have been 60 and 58. Dermot Brereton and Luke Hodge to turn their minds to that next. This is Crunch Time for Azito. Azito powering DIYers all day, every day at Bunnings.
3: You're listening to Crunch, crunch time. time. Azito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering
1: DIYers all day, every day. Visit Berwick G. GWM Havel, and test drive the GWM Canon CC, part of the Berwick Motor Group. Collingwood into the 2023 AFL Grand Final, one-point winners over the Giants. Luke Hodge and Dermot Brereton to dissect it. Hodgey, how did it happen? The how and the why?
2: Well, the how early, I was worried about the one game in 28 days. And I thought the earliest way you know that is how they start. And Collingwood started on fire. They were quick. They they won the contestable as you mentioned earlier, Derm. And I thought I thought they came up with a really good game plan, Jared, but it turned out it wasn't a game plan. They uh, early on in the game they were concerned with GWS's rebound run. And the the last couple of games will pretty much the last 10 games GWS have played, they've been able to free-flow run, just move the ball as fast as what they want. And we knew that Collingwood were worried about that. Fly said before the game that they wanted to slow them down and put our defensive pressure onto them. So I thought the way they build the ball up, it was composed, it was, it was smart enough so they could kick it to a check or McStay. McStay got a couple marks out of it. But if GWS did win in the back half, Collingwood had numbers at the at the source to pressure them. It turned out that wasn't the game plan at all. That was just Jared. You said in the off the break that that was a little bit of rustiness. They didn't have the the uh, attitude to go through the middle. But as the game unfolded, it sort of let GWS go back into the way they wanted to play.
3: So so let's break it down to the first quarter. They came in at quarter time, and and I started to get fearful for Collingwood because that pressure at that level in that quarter in quarter one was. Through the roof! It was just extraordinary. It was so good, and the Giants were two goals right. down. Yep. That type of pressure should give you a five-six goal lead if you have that pressure on on the on the deck for that full quarter. You'd think you'd be at least four goals ahead, and the Giants even they probably savaged themselves with the the fifty metre penalty. You and I talked through this off air. Uh, I thought they were stiff because. There was no impediment on play and the ball got to Lockie Keefe 12 metres out from a yep. kick and there was no impediment, yet the umpire wouldn't allow it to be a roll-on, play-on advantage. And you explained it to me that once a 50 is awarded, you can play on in the interim during that extension of the 50 metres. But when it's blown, that's correct, Jared, isn't it? I I'm going to ask Ray this yeah, during the week to get good, the exact, good. to
1: nut that exactly out. And the
3: second one, when they got a hold on the arm for a marking contest. I think it was to Hogan. And once again, the umpire blew the whistle. Three seconds later, it was an eternity. They'd played on and played to the whistle or played to not the whistle. He ran himself into the pocket and then Riccardi had to snap. That's another simple shot at goal. And I thought, gee, for a team that's been dominated by pressure, tackling, clearance game in the first quarter, They're two goals down and they've been robbed of a couple of goals. This is not looking good for the Magpies because no team keeps up that pressure for a full game. And then in the second quarter, they come out and they bang on four. And I thought, right, this is going to get a little ugly. Any one-point loss, as we saw last night, can be very ugly in a preliminary final. But to Collingwood's credit, the way they were able to re-establish themselves... After halftime, even after Toby kicks the first goal after halftime, just took some real resilience. We we can drill into those stats and we can work that out. But a team that's... There is a style of coaching where you emotionally reach your players and Collingwood found that avenue to reach them last night, to just drive the will back into that contest after they'd banged on five in a row, the Giants... I mean, that's that's a wonderful that's a big feather in the cap of the mindset of the Collingwood boys but
2: that's not a surprise though, I think
3: no it's the, not but
2: what, what we've seen since But sometimes you get to
3: accept your lot and think well it's not ours but yeah so I thought yeah. they were
2: wonderful I think we we learned a lot from Collingwood last year with all those close victories and the hardest thing for them the two close games that they lost were the two finals to Geelong and, mm. and Sydney um, they've grown and they continue to grow and how they spoke after the game that they're not they won't get shy. They, they, they love the challenge. And what I, what I enjoyed about everyone who was interviewed after the game was they know what they have to do in certain times. We, we heard uh, there's been teams in development stage. Sam, Sam Mitchell lost a game early in the year to Richmond where they haven't trained the yeah. last two minutes of a game because he's got more important things to teach a young side than this. When Fly got to Collingwood, he knew that they were a good, mature team, that they could take the advice and can train these kind of game situation stuff. And what we've seen, everyone knew what to do. They had stoppage after stoppage. They put Howe by himself behind the ball. When when GD West went to equalise, they threw another one back there as well. It was just a a well-coached, and most importantly, it's a team that listens to what their coach wants, and they understand football. It's good to be a good footballer but you win close games like this by understanding football, and a lot of the Collingwood players and their leaders understand the game. That's why they're able to win so many close ones.
3: So the third quarter, when the Magpies banged on that margin, and that was their quarter, that was their winning quarter, the pressure wasn't as rampant as the first quarter, but it came back up again. They were able to force the Giants into doing something they didn't really want to do. They forced them down the line, and if I'm going to be very critical... Because I still think he played a very good game. Jesse Hogan and Jake Riccardi and even Big Keefe when he was forward. Although they try and anchor anchor Keefe inside 25, they they recognise if it hits the deck outside there, his opponent tends to run away from him a little bit. But Riccardi and Jesse just didn't get to that down-the-line kick. Sometimes body-blocked professionally and well. Uh, and sometimes just misread the depth of the incoming ball. And Collingwood were able to intercept that and turn it around and take it away. It also goes the other way. Is Collingwood took
2: away what GWS normally do. So Hogan in the last 10 weeks hasn't had to get to that contest because GWS roll Stay around, deep. they go straight through the middle, they take the game on and they fly out the other side. Because of Collingwood's pressure, their frontal pressure, they didn't give them time to go through the middle. Because of the pressure that was put on the GWS defenders, they had to surge kick out. And you're right, the Fords need to squeeze up. But it hasn't been an issue for them of late because they haven't been under that much pressure in the back half. They've been able to do whatever they've wanted to. So this just shows another GDW, GWS side. When you get deeper into finals, pressure's going to come and you have to expect the unexpected. And those forwards have to
3: adapt on the spot. That, you, you, this is so accurate. And people would ask... Normally
2: you disagree with what I <laughs> said. <saying>. No, no, no. <laughs> because yeah. yeah, you speak...
3: Rot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, but in finals... Key forwards have to accept there's more pressure in elsewhere on the ground. So whereas the really good teams, they kick it in from the kick-in and somebody runs past and they've got wheels and they run past and the, and the ball goes deep into the forward line. doesn't happen in finals. No. You get pressure and the ball drops just forward of the centre and you expect, everyone else on the field expects the forwards to understand that and meet that. It's, 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 yeah, you've got to have forwards that actually go... Right, that's that's what's happening. I mean, we've seen some great, talented forwards, I won't mention names, and they just don't understand how the ball drops short. It doesn't get to where they normally go. Because of pressure, what normally comes into their area at speed drops 40 metres short, 50 metres short, up just forward of the wings. You have to understand that and tailor your game to it. And once you do that, you can turn around and run in with it. More with Dermot Burton and Luke Hodge after we check in with Mark
1: Braybrook in the newsroom.
3: You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers.
2: All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM
1: Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Dermot Burton and Luke Hodge analysing the events of last night. So there's going to be a litany of moments that will haunt various Giants players because the margin is so fine at the end. And probably the signature moment is Tom Green not squaring the ball to Jesse Hogan late in the second quarter, which it would have had the leads. What would have been 16 points. And then Green's goal 22. And then Lockie keep not giving the ball back to Toby Green in the right forward pocket early in the third quarter as well. But the Tom Green one, given he played so well, I imagine that will sit quite heavily.
2: Yeah, it's hard to go back and just point your finger at one because it, there was a lot. I reckon there was probably five or six opportunities last night where players, even the Bedford one where he played on with the advantage, there's certain times where whether the pressure got to him, whether the occasion, whether the crowd got to him. But this is what finals does to you. You do things that you don't normally do. Even look at Toby Green, who he can do the most amazing things on the football field. In the second quarter, when the pressure wasn't really on, they had the momentum. He kicked at the top of the goal square. They get a mark and goal. A minute and a half to go. He's on the boundary line. He's got Lloyd 15 metres out straight in front. He goes for a shot. So it's these are what... Final situations you do look back on, and this is what they're going to be kicking themselves. Derm, you would have went through it. I know we went through it through two thousand eleven, twelve, two thousand eight. Um, there's so many times you can go through games and look at things. What could I have done better? And that's how you learn. But that's they should go back and that how can we improve on it. But no doubt it's going to be it's going to be tough couple of weeks for them while they digest it.
3: Do we know if if. Adam Kingsley's an expected scoring type man. <laughs> Have you checked the expected score? No, I haven't. Where do you get that? I, on, it's I'll not something it I ever know. really. It's not something I ever really go to. They hit the post three times. You, you
2: normally look at the expected score if you're playing the next week. going, hey, um, we 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 did enough. We did enough to say. Look, we should have won the game, yeah. like Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. said that after the first final.
3: How about I expect Collingwood will turn up next week. Yes, yes. So yeah. the
2: expected score for a team that's just gone out, you're not, you're not looking at that at all. You're ripping that piece of paper up and throwing it in the bin.
3: Oh, they, well, I, I did read the the actually true shots at goal, and that doesn't include rushed behinds or whatever. At Twenty-one to twenty, the Giants. Oh, it was, it was a ripping game of football. it's so close. I mean, yeah. that's a toss of a coin. It's and yeah, great. They won't and whatever, but it it goes another minute or whatever. All those ifs,
2: and, and I can hear all the Collingwood supporters as well going, "Hang on, we missed our fair share as well." So <laughs> yeah, I know, they did, yeah. And and we we sit here and we talk about the opportunities that GWS missed because they're not playing next week because we get to watch Collingwood next week. But um, Collingwood supporters, are correct that they missed a lot of shots. That Nick Dakos's goal pick. when
3: he when he yes. ran in for the banana, I just thought that was a Monty. I'd already penciled yep. it in. So, yeah, they missed a simple one like that. Can
2: I just say out there, it's amazing how much respect we have for a 20-year-old kid and the fact that the coach says, we need a bit of drive in the last quarter, so we put our second-year bloke to the back flank to create something that... The expectations that we have on him, that he's kicking a banana off the outside of his foot because of what we've seen him do over the first 46 games of his career, but also the coach. When you've got Pennerbury, you've got DeGoey, you've got Tom Mitchell, who's a Brownlow medalist, but he leans on Dacos to throw him to halfback to create Boy, something. He's got
3: a body of work. I reckon I, he's played two bad games out the, of 46. This is what I'm
2: saying. It's amazing how this bloke's in his second year, and we all look at him going, oh, well, he's hes going to be a star. hes He's started off that way, but... The expectations that we're putting on this young fella, it's pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah.
1: All right, we're going to touch base with the pies next, and just find out around the health of Dan McStay, what the progress for Taylor Adams is during the week, and uh, and how they'll handle the build up to the Grand Final. Oh, GWS Plus Four. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so Melbourne and GWS are going to play somewhere the play in the University expected <laughs> score. <grand final. laughs> oh, it's easy for us to laugh, isn't it? More oh. of crunch time coming up next.